to the No BS Short-Term Rental Podcast, an unfiltered look into the global vacation and short-term rental industry. I'm Mateo Bradford. And I'm John Stokinger. And this is our podcast. We bring the right people to the table at the right time, giving you an inside view and take on the short-term rental industry like no other podcast can. More Mateo, how are you, man? Man, doing just fine. How are you, brother? I am great. What is this? 17? Episode 17? This is episode 17. La- last episode with Steve Milo um, had our biggest uh, first week ever. So um, yeah. big, big shout out to Steve. Thanks for joining us. Big news. And it was yeah. nice seeing him in person at the, the D- D-A-R-M conference. Data and you in person at the Dawn conference. I know. That was our first time live. First live recording together? Yeah, well. Went pretty, I mean, you know what was interesting too um, about that? There's there so many great takeaways from that, that conference and I, I know we're going to talk about it today, but the, um, I, I, I loved, like, I, I didn't get the opportunity to talk with Sarah and T like I wanted to, um, yeah. but, but seeing their setup and, and, and seeing them doing their thing and, you know, and they were great conference like mcs they they did a great job truly they they brought a little a little bit different uh, from the future you know it's a little wonky it's a little funny but you know they they brought the energy and it it was it was needed um and it was i think it was welcomed you know i i think Uh, it was super authentic too like i tried to tuck in tim's tag one time he had a tag and i was like no 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 it's part of my deal it's part of my deal yeah so attention to detail, man. I love it. You know, it was it was it was cool. And you know, being new newer to this space now, you know, yeah. 17 episodes. So, you know, we're I guess we're not babies, but we're still babies compared to yeah. to them and all these, you know, industry, you know, um yeah, industry. So it's uh the interesting thing about it all is just seeing how like professional they were and 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 in their setup, and I was like, oh, there's aspirations, you know. We we right. we know how we want to go ahead and do it, but um, and we did it just fine with how we did it. It's but I yeah. I think you know where we're going is gonna be pretty exciting. No, and, I'm definitely uh, excited as well. And it was good to see it was good to just it was good to see everyone. Same with Matt, Matt Lando. I sat down, you know, got to talk with him. It's a friend. Um, but you know, again, looking at the people who have and, and you see what he's producing now, right? And and what they're producing. Um, and it's just super inspiring, man, because I think there's so much room to grow within this space that um, it, it, it's, and it, it's refreshing to continue to see it grow as the relationship and the industry grows and professionalizes that, you know, it's happening in all aspects of, of the business as well. Um, and seeing how people keep continuing to push the envelope. Um, it's, yeah. I'm with you, brother. It's, it's inspiring, and and I know you and I are uh, are, are going to definitely be on that train and uh, keeping this thing growing, keeping it fresh, uh, keeping it relevant. It's uh, yeah, I, I and I, I love our direction, and you know, and everyone else has their own little niche too, and and that's what it is is pretty great, you know. Um, our um. Alex and Annie, it looks like they have an announcement coming out here soon, which is exciting uh, for them. I'm excited to see. 
I'm a, I'm excited to see what, you know, what they're going to go ahead and do. And, you know, yeah. there's the, the guest experience podcast that's come out, re, you know, recently. Um, yeah. And um, I, I have listened to one of those. It was, it mm-hmm. was decent. I, I, I enjoyed it. So it, it's, it's exciting to see, to see the different spaces and then, and then how, how are we all going to fit and And who's going to stick around? You know, yeah. that's something to consider too, you know, you know, who, I, I feel pretty good that we we've gotten to where we've gotten and it's consistent and we're, we're doing our thing. Um, I think it was, um, was it Heather Barron that said, you know, you had to get seven under your belt. I think that yeah. was the number, um, you know, to for, and if you look on, someone was saying that, that the majority of podcasts on Apple podcasts um, are, have like two episodes or less. Yeah. I think so, Will, I mean, it's crazy. Will was on this that, right? Was yeah. Will. That came out. yeah. Yeah. Will Slickers and the hospitality. Crazy. But so, yeah, man, this is, uh, I, yeah, man, it's, we're not stopping. This is fine. So, Darm, let, yeah, let so Darm. the Charleston, great show, great yeah. people. It, it'd been yeah. way too long. The energy was infectious. It was, you know, the people were just, you know, chomping at the bit to have these conversations that, that we haven't had in person for so long. And we had the opportunity to go to the uh, VRMA connect in, in Destin. And, and that was, and that was good. It was, you know, it was, it was necessary. It was needed. It was nice. It was very, uh, you know, regionalized. It was very focused for that area. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, But this just, this just felt different. Yeah, it did. Well, I think, well, again, so first of all, you have to, I think there's two things that go into that, right? Like you have to look at the timing, like back in May, you know, not everybody was comfortable, you know, traveling and getting out and, uh, and and really in in a lot of these kind of early, you know, conference and get togethers are kind of like litmus tests too, right? Like to see, Hey, you know, are people comfortable? Um, You know, when we were there, there, you know, you saw how the layout was. It was gloves, masks and, you know, and hand sanitizer everywhere. You know, we are making up those. I mean, they had the wristbands there to kind of indicate, you know, people's levels of comfortability. Um, And, you know, I think you were getting clear signs, you know, because we were all there. Right. And and then you're getting clear signs that people are getting ready to people are ready to get back to this. Um, You know, we want to do it the right way. We want to do it the safe way, of course. But, you know, people are ready to get back at it. Uh, and that was clearly my takeaway. Uh, and I think coming into Darm and seeing, you know, just the amazing attendance and, and just the conference in and of itself proved that fact even more. I know a few people that didn't go just because they weren't personally comfortable with that yet. But most, as you can see, the place was packed out, right? Like there was a, a good amount of people there uh, that I think is a good indicator for us in the industry that, hey, people are are ready to get back at this. They're ready to do it the right way. You know, Amy always puts together a very well organized and orchestrated conference. And this was no exception. You know, you know, I think they're, you know, that hotel and everything, you know, I mean, you look at it, the only thing that could stop like one of Amy's conferences is the weather, right? Like as it did the first day. And that was crazy, but you know, the best group in the world for that to happen to, right? right. Property managers who are king of ex- kings and queens of exception management, right? And, and, so, and for, for those that weren't in attendance, um, the interesting thing that happened day one is a storm came through and it knocked the power out to like the, mm-hmm. the majority of the hotel minus like three or four rooms. Yeah. So, you know, which was great. One of the, the rooms was the largest room there. So we're still able to go on, but, you know, a couple of the sessions got, uh, 
um, got canceled or or moved elsewhere. Um, and and so that was that was an interesting hiccup. But the the most interesting thing about all of that too was back in early shoot, I guess this was 2019 or 2020. I don't know exactly. And all, her Vera Mintel and Sandestin, she had the <laughs> same thing happen where the power went out <laughs> and it was absolutely like for, it was crazy. The, yeah. Back to this one here in Charleston power, you know, um, our good friend, uh, Doug Kennedy, was uh, was stuck in an elevator for 50 minutes by himself you know and of course oh. Doug he's sitting there taking selfies and you know documenting everything but like the ringer wasn't working and yeah. um that would have been crazy i you know i guess a first for everything right we're gonna have we're gonna get together a panel we're gonna do an episode we're gonna do conference war stories uh <laughs> Those. But yeah, no, yeah, that that, you know, minor hiccup in that space, you know, handled very well, you know, things the show went on. Um, but, you know, and, and back to the topic at hand, you know, it was, it was clear, you know, the, you know, we were ready to get back to this. Um, you know, I, I, I think this was a successful conference. I very educational. I think I learned I learned a lot um, and you know, and was excited to, to get back at it and, you know, get the value of what networking in person really does. And, you know, I think that's was evident here um, that, you know, a lot of us are ready to, to get back to that. And I don't think it's at, you know, the expense of safety or the other things. I think, you know, most people were adults, you know, people wear masks if they felt comfortable with doing that. And, you know, everyone was washing their hands and hand sanitizing, which you know, personally right. I think is a huge part of that. But anyways, um, yeah, no, shout out to Amy. The, the conference was great. Um, I think this is, you could really call it the real kind of kickoff for the season. And, you know, she always leads with a great conference um, and brings great people to the table. And, you know, and, and she's always, you know, shout out to Amy, like we're the no BS podcast and, and she's definitely in an OBS camp for the industry, you know, always, you know, kind of asking the relevant questions, whether they're, you know, edgy or not. And, you know, it's, it's, speaking, it's, it's good for us. Speaking of what well, I, I don't want to get off the content, but let, let, let's go back to Amy and edgy in, in a little bit. Yeah. And for those that don't know who Amy is, Amy High Note. Um, she is with VRM Intel. She's the founder of VRM Intel. Um, if yeah. you're not getting her, her magazine, I'm not sure if it's, it's straight, if it's going to be digital or print or whatever the direction moving forward. Yeah. Uh, she puts out an amazing quarterly magazine that is so much yeah. amazing content and you need to check it out. So huge yeah. shout out to Amy Hino. Again, I want to go back to her being edgy, but I want to talk about continuing with Darm here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's content is king. Yeah. And that can't be overstated. And in this mm-hmm. conference with a focus on data and revenue mm-hmm. management and, and really brought in the players and, and, and not from a, a, our side, the vendor side, but more of the side, like, great. Yeah. Of course we had some big players in that, but mm-hmm. the, those that wanted to go to this conference went for a reason. They wanted to learn and, and mm-hmm. the, the sessions were on point and there's so much wealth of knowledge to be brought out of there. And so the PMs that were in attendance, you know, that I was talking to just like, oh, it was, it was refreshing because it wasn't cookie cutter filler BS. It was actual, I'm going to go in, I'm going to learn, 
I'm going to go ahead and, and I'm going to take a, a wealth of knowledge back to my team. And, you know, maybe we're going to, you know, look at things a little bit differently. And now maybe we're going to go ahead and talk to this different company because holy shit, look what they're doing and look at the ROI here. Um, so it was really cool there. No, and I would agree. And so, you know, for my situation this year, I actually came in as both, right? Like right. At, the, at the end of the day, you know, I actually came now as a manager, as someone who, you know, it can, you know, take this information a little bit differently. I was always interested at the prior conferences, just, you know, learning, you know, kind of the space, right. And, you know, who the, who the players are, what's the latest, these things. Um, But, you know, coming from my background in rent, it was a revenue management company. It it was, you know, I saw it a little bit differently, but coming as a property manager, who's actually managing properties, hands in, hands on, you know, this, the information hit differently because it wasn't just for like reference knowledge. Now, now there were applicable you know principles that I could take away from this, you know, whether it was SEO, whether it was, you know, the actual, how you manage and, and how you, you know, what your revenue management strategy for your business is hit a whole lot differently. And so being able to see the value from that standpoint, like gave me a whole new perspective on the conference, like in a whole new, like I really walked away with a wealth of knowledge that, you know, I, I would have appreciated before, but now I got things that I can put in play, that I can put in place and try and, and, and more questions and people to engage. And, you know, there's, you know, relationships also that you build within that space too, you know, with, you know, the people, you know, that, are on these panels and, you know, other property managers and being able to network in a different way specific to this aspect of the business. And so I think that value is, is super critical. And, uh, you know, I think it was a great conference for that, for sure. Yeah. It's, I mean, the, the networking, you know, like, like you mentioned there, just that whole, like my favorite part of the, the conference um, outside, you know, of the things that we did together and, and, and obviously, you know, coming from, from track and, 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 you know, me, it, I, I built great relationships and I, and I was able to set up a ton of demos. Great. All right. I'm a vendor and that's, that's my job. Uh, it's, right. a, it's a good job to me. Uh, but <laughs> my favorite part about the whole thing for me truly was a conversation that I had at the end of the whole conference. Everyone had gone. It was the, after the end of reception, there was five people in a room and I had the ability to just sit down and, and bullshit with some, some great minds that, that was super intimate and it was kind of off the cuff and it was stuff that necessarily wouldn't been said in front of everybody. It was, and I got so much out of that and shout out to, you know, who you are. Uh, it was a great conversation. <laughs> um, and, and truly that was one of my favorite parts of the whole, whole conference right there is, and, and that was a, like it, a truly organic experience that happened just because we all happened to walk into the room at, you know, Two were already having a conversation. I came up, then two others pulled up a chair. You guys cool. We sit down, you know, you you talk in business. No, we're just bullshitting. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. 45 minutes later, we're still sitting there having this amazing conversation. And, you know, it was cool. And then that's what well, it's about. And I think that that is absolutely what it's about. And, you know, that that's one of those, you know, things that, you know, that I call them intangibles. Cause like, you know, again, it's not guaranteed to happen at every conference, but when you really build a climate of less barriers um, and, and open dialogue and, you know, kind of, the, and, and allow that's those types of environment. I mean, that's how we got this together. What, yeah. where did it, this, this started from those conversations, right? Like those off the cuff, off the script, in the background, you know, of course, over a libation or two, 
Um, but you know, that's when the bullshit filter goes away and, and we start having, you know, these intimate conversations that are relevant with people who are relevant and driving and are actively steering, you know, the, the direction of the industry. And so I, I think that can't be, you know, overemphasized and, you know, you, you look to the other conferences and it's going to be interesting to see, man, like how these spring out and, you know, to, to go back to Amy, like you look at what people are doing in terms of relevancy in the space. You know, I'm a person of verbs, man. I like verbs. I like to see what people do, right? Versus what they say they do. Who put the first women's conference together, right? Like, you know, who's been challenging the industry, like in, in, in their own way, while still being a relevant part of the industry and shaping the industry at the same time. Like, you know, it, you know that seems to me is where the future is going to be, right? Um, and, you know, the, the success of people in this space, is, are, I believe, is going to go to the ones who are, you know, venturing into the new pathways in a sensible way um, and willing to offer new, fresh and relevant content to, let's not forget, the, the, the people who drive this industry, which is our hosts, managers, you know, the, the ones who are on the ground, you know, keeping the industry alive, the ones that the business, the transactional level, it's those property managers uh, and whoever best can serve them um, is going to survive in this space. And I think it's going to, I think we're going to see more kind of niche conferences too, like that, that are focused on yeah. um, different, different aspects of the business. Um, you know, yeah. You're always going to have your, you know, you're going to have your, your general conferences that are going to bring everyone together. And then you're going to have your, your software platforms that are going to go ahead and they're going to want to go ahead and put their, their user conferences together. And, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of great knowledge and stuff like that. And, that, and those are great. Um, and, you know, in this, the first shout out that I'm going to, the best user conference I ever went to uh, pr prior to our upcoming, hopefully we'll see um, at track uh, was Streamline. Uh, yeah. Streamline, shout out to Streamline, put together an amazing conference um, in way, and the reason they did it is it was like, there was actually, you know, pertinent information for PMs to go in and, and can talk with other PMs that are using the exact same software. They're in the weeds together and it wasn't cookie cutter. And the great thing that I love, and I hope that we on, you know, we replicate on the uh, travel net solution side is they would go ahead and put out like different tiers of like, like entry level learning, mid-level learning and expert level learning courses that you could go in and use it, you know, hey, you've been coming to this conference for three years straight. All right, you, you've now graduated. You, let's get some more in depth. Let's get like really dive in the weeds. And and Streamline always did a great job with that. Um, I, I'm no longer invited now that I. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a shame. Which is a shame, man. Which is a shame. Uh, but, you it's know, previous. A, uh, shout out to Streamline for putting mm -hmm. it together a great conference. Yeah. Um, yeah. What well, I, it's interesting though, because you look at that, you look at the others in the space that have done it. And, you know, I've seen the same with Avanti. I've gone to their partnership conference that they have in Valencia and they, they bring their managers in and they, they create these, you know, really unique experiences and, and opportunities for their managers to come. And it's not just to learn their systems. It's actually to learn, you know, different aspects of the business. And I see that aspect growing. You know, I guess he does the same thing, like uh -huh. able to keep it fresh. I, I'll be 100 percent honest that like one of my favorite conferences was Guest of All. And it wasn't just because it was going to Israel and all the other aspects of like that was actually super dope. That added to the experience, but I actually learned a lot. They brought a lot of people to the table. Right. The sessions were very good. And one of the things that they did, too, was 
you know, what I love about Gessie is they're all about, they get the feedback. They want to get feedback. So they're, they're holding sessions with not just ben, not with vendors and with, with managers, like everyone's involved in the process, which I believe gives them the ability to get a broader kind of consensus in right. the space, right? And at, while adding value, because at the end of the day, if you don't add value, people aren't going to go. So, you know, I, I think no. that's, that's, I mean, that's, let's, that's let's look, end, right? Let, let people, again, you can't throw a confidence. It's all vendors. I mean, let's talk it. Let's get back to that. You have to have that value because uh, for a couple of reasons, a, you need the, you need the content, you need the value, but right. there's, these aren't cheap. No, not at all. You know, they're, they're not cheap to go to. If you've never been to a conference, it's totally worth it. The right one. Um, yeah. but they're not cheap. Um, and in two, you know, you're pulling valued members away from your team at a time that is potentially busy. That's why they all happen in the fall after the summer. Um, you know, because there's, you know, you have that shoulder season, you have that little bit of time where there maybe have a quick breather before reservations start kicking in and you're, and you're, you know, getting everything ready for, you know, 2022 or whatever the next, you know, next quarter. But there you like, you're down team members, you're, you're down money, but it's worth it if the content's there. I want to quickly go back to Amy and then let's get into the news again. Another huge shout out to Amy. And the reason why the no bullshit short-term rental podcast really aligns with Amy is because she's no bullshit. Um, And, and I, I friggin' love that about her. I love how she doesn't pull punches. Um, She is, she speaks her mind and, um, and she puts the truth out there, which is, is, which is great. And it's unbiased. Um, I, I, I want to bring, <laughs> she, she had a post yesterday on LinkedIn and I want to, and, you know, basically it was uh vote for Brandon Sauls at ICND. Shout out to Brandon, good friend of mm-hmm. ours. Um, mm-hmm. Great dude. Um, Shout out to Brandon for sure. Yeah. Vote for him for VRMA board of directors 2021. And she has this post um, and, and this is this, and again, not a, not a knock from Mateo and I to VRMA, but this is important. And I love that she can go ahead and call us out. You know, uh, both Teo and I are on, uh, I'm on the VRMA membership committee. You know, Mateo is the uh, co-chair of the DEI subcommittee of VRMA. So we love Verma. We love the, you know, where we're going, but this is a great post and I want to go. And this is why I love Amy. And, and so blah, 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 blah. Vote for Brandon Sauls for the Verma board of directors. And then she has this other paragraph that said, and unlike a couple of current directors in the board's supplier seats, he actually works in the vacation rental industry. It would be extremely helpful if the VRMA would update their title slash companies on the about slash board of directors page on the VRMA website to accurately reflect the roles and companies of the current board members. I love that she just sits there and says, <laughs> I'm putting this shit out there. And guess what? It's true. Yeah. It's not, you know, she's not speaking falsities. Right. You know, there are people on the board directors that are no longer in the space. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily make sense. And they're friends of mine. Yeah. (laughs) They're friends of yours, you know, (laughs) and whatever, if they bring, they bring quality, you know, but whatever the case, calling it out, putting it out there, let's talk about it. Let's discuss it. And if a better person like Brandon or whoever is, is a better fit, vote put them in or or not <laughs> yeah i think i think it's interesting because again there's two ways right like you know two ways to look at it 
And, you know, there's the aspect of, you know, they're on the board, they may still have significant interest and assets in the space. Right. Right. So again, what, what, how many people have other things going in the space that may or may not be industry related? I think what you have to look at and what the industry has to do, if you are me and everyone else is clarify, you know, what, you know, what, what are the parameters within that space? And if, you know, it's definitely worthy of having the conversation, but I don't think we would argue that either, you know, those people on that board that are in that space aren't significantly contributing even still to the industry. A hundred percent. part, I think so. Again, and they're so qualified. Like, they are qualified. Like, I don't want to, so, like, I'm not, don't want to, I, I personally, but I, I think the I question, you, yeah, I, I think, but again, it's bringing that to the board. Right. And, and what I like about what he does is bring it to the table, let the conversation happen. Yep. And then, you know, again, I think, too often people just, you know, they see optics from afar and then they, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, well, what about this? Well, let, let's really dig into what we're talking about. Right. And that's what I feel like Amy does a really good job. She puts it on the table. She brings the relevant people together and then let's have a conversation about it. Let's talk about this. Like what, what's really going on? Like what is what's the real deal? And and not letting people get get away with those very surface level. Don't you know, don't make any waves type answers. You know, that's why you see Steve on the panels. Right. And, and it's people that are, are not afraid to speak what, you know, argue what you want, but their truths. Right. And, and how they feel within the space. And that's valid because we need to take all of that into consideration. You know, I think, you know, we don't do ourselves any justice if we just sugarcoat over things and, you know, don't speak our truths. Now, our truths are our truths. Right. Like, you know, again, it, it's. The, the, the industry is it, and what the industry accepts and what the and what the managers accept and what people accept is what creates the truth right in terms of what's factual and what happens you know our opinions and our, our personal truths just I feel like are information that can guide for better or worse um, you know what happens and the more we can get that I think the more as consumers we can make you know decisions that are best for us and you know, there's not just one voice, one solution, one way to do things. And I think that's, it's important to be able to, to keep diverse conversations going like that. So, you know, we're never just following one track and thinking that there's only one way to go for everyone in this industry. It just doesn't work that way. We're too diverse. There's too many different lanes. Yeah. And, and so. that's why, you know, <laughs> truly, if we, we, if we bring this back around to us, which yeah. we like to do, um, that's why we're being successful. That's why this podcast is, is is a success out of the gate is because we're not necessarily just going that straight and narrow. You know, we're, we're showing all sides of the story. We're bringing uh, guests to the table that um, aren't on other podcasts um, in our space. And, and truly, we have a whole stable full of guests that are chomping at the bit to get on our, our, our show um, that are going to just bring like really unique, dynamic conversations. It's all about the conversation. Um, uh, I agree, but it's a, and again, I think it's the conversation and I think it's, you know, I, I hope people learn from this and I hope that, you know, these are conversations spark other conversations within the space. And, you know, I, I do think we need to have like a conference, uh, like a conference panel. It may be interesting because, you know, getting like a- Antonio Bartolotti who runs uh, the world summit, he runs an amazing conference too. shout out to him. Definitely want to give him a shout out. I'm uh, going to miss that one this year, but he puts together a, con- a really good content based, you know, conference that people actually travel from all over the world to go to. 
Right. And so, and, and, and again, and it, it's, it's being able to, and, and I think the value in that is, you know, when we go to Europe and Europe comes here and, you know, all over the world, Asia comes here, like you're, you're having these diverse conversations about our, our industry globally, right? And to be able to have them honestly and, and to be able to network and, and share in those experiences, honestly, I think benefits all of us, right? It, it, it's definitely sharpened my toolkit. Um, it's broadened my perspective and it, I think it's, it's, you know, taught me a lot in this space. And, you know, again, I can only speak for me, right. but I believe that the more and more we can do that and the more and more that happens and it, there's, there's so much space to grow. There's so many new things happening um, that, you know, everyone in this space, I feel like will be able to, you know, kind of drive their own lane. Um, and I think we'll be all be better off for it. The, uh, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, and it's, yeah, I, I don't really have much more to add than other than I, I agree with you on that. The, so. what, what about, okay. A couple, a couple things in the news, um, today, uh, Airbnb, uh, pledges 20,000, uh, pledges to house 20,000 Afghan refugees. Um, you know, I, you know, he, he says, uh, Chesky says, um, in response to what he called one of the biggest humanitarian crises of our, of our time. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Teo? You know, is that, uh, is that a. Yeah, I, I think, I think there, let, let's be very clear. There's, I believe two things. I, I believe the situation's fucked up over there, period. I, I, right. I'm, I don't, it, it's not one person's fault. I don't care about the politics of it care about the people. Like you look at what's going on over there. There is a reason there is a mass exodus coming out of this space. I understand the other side of that too. You know, it is, it's, it's very hard in, 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 in a world where so many people are suffering to, you know, ask suffering people to be understanding and accept you know, the suffering of others over themselves. Um, it breaks me personally, it breaks down to a humanitarian issue. I, I, I personally believe we should be doing everything possible to help these people out. You know, particularly, you know, from my own vantage point and my own opinion, the people who have helped out this country in, in that situation, um, the ones who, you know, especially the ones that have sacrificed their, that have sacrificed and, and, and really put themselves and their families in danger to help us and whatever our cause was. And I believe personally, uh, that is our duty to protect those that, you know, helped and protected us overseas and as well as taking care of our own citizens. Um, and, and on top of that, I, I again, I, I don't know the Taliban. I don't know any of that stuff. I know that it is a very unsafe situation and people are clearly fearing for their lives. And I believe that the world should be able to help those people. Right. Um, I don't care about the politics of it. I don't give a shit about any of the other stuff. I do know there is an economic issue surrounding it, but I also believe that we are some of the richest nations in the world. And if there is a clear threat to these people and threat to this community, then the world community, I feel, you know, could come together and, and do this in a way that, you know, could really help these people out without putting out their own people. And so, you know, if we don't do that, again, it's just shame on us for not using the resources that we've have and, and, you know, the, the ability that we have to help these people. 
Um, so, you know, shout out to Airbnb, shout out to, to anyone that's willing to, in, 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 the, in a good spirit and good nature, help those in need right now. Yeah, it's, I, I agree. And, and I, and I, I'm going to try not to get political on this. You know, I come from obviously a different background. I'm, I'm prior military. I spent a year overseas, not in Afghanistan, but in Iraq, um, in active army. Um, so, and this is back in 2003, 2004, I think that a humanitarian number one is this yeah. is, I, I agree with you on that. This like, you know, these people are suffering, um, you know, like, and, and it really doesn't matter why or how, but, you know, okay, now I'm going to try to uh, try not to get too political. You know, I feel this is my personal feeling, not necessarily Mateo's. My feeling is that this is a mess that we made in a situation that we shouldn't have been in over 20 years ago. Um, that's my personal feelings. I, you know, I feel that if we had, um, there, it, we are as as in the one of the greatest nations in the world. Um, we are being a puppeteer, and in in moving, you know, marionettes and 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 chess pieces all around. And this is this is the you know the fallout, and um, this is the fallout now. This was the fallout twenty years ago, um, and you know, a mass exodus. Um, you know, how we did it this time isn't necessarily the, you know, in my personal opinion, the right way to do the way, because it, it a hundred percent expedited the, 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 the terror and the, you know, the downfall over there. Um, do I have the right answer? No. Um, we can't go back in time. We can't go back in, in, you know, so, Again, let me let me take my political hat off and and just mm-hmm. you know go back to the humanitarian thing. You know, a huge shout out to Brian uh, Chesky and and whoever else yeah, wants to jump in, and 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 yeah. and help these people in need. Um, why we're there doesn't really matter. We are there, and it sucks, and people are are hurting. Um, yeah. And you know, and and I, I don't think, and I think it's an unfair comparison to again. Now I'm putting my political hat back on, comparing this to Saigon. Ours is apples and oranges. So I, yeah. it's like, I, I want to go ahead and, and just, that's my personal opinion. I think that's a bullshit fucking um, just trying to get some bravado in, in the, uh, in, in just in cloud chasing. Everyone's going to cloud chase and, and take advantage yeah. of the opportunity and make the comparisons. And again, but that's me know. personally, yeah. Yeah. that's yeah. bullshit. Yeah. Apples and oranges. Uh, shout out to Airbnb and whoever else wants to jump in and help these people in need. Um, that's, that's me. I'll get off my, my horse here. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. I did, uh, and I think it's going to take all of us to fix it, you know, so, you know, shout out to our European partners and understanding that, you know, yeah, we're for better or for worse, you know, America's shouldering the, you know, the blame and, and the, you know, the, the responsibility for fixing this and, you know, we're doing it. We're not perfect end of the day, you know, it, it, none of this is perfect. And so, you know, hopefully I just pray for the best for all, all of those, you know, in, in harm's way and, and hope that we can all come together and help those who are, who are really in need. But so shout out to Airbnb, another Airbnb uh, interesting tidbit. Uh, I don't know if you saw that skipped article by Matthew Parson uh, that came out um, a couple of days ago. It said startups are spending more on Airbnbs than office rent. 
that baffles me. I mean, I can see it, but it that after that baffles me. Like, I understand with you know with everyone going to work from home, but still needing to go ahead and get together and do different things in in these offices, downsizing to go ahead because hey, we don't need this you know this forty thousand foot you know square foot office space anymore. We need a small office space, but then. And then we need some areas where we can go ahead and get together and like teams can meet, um, you know, shoot my teams. We're flying out to Ben next week to go ahead and do a, a sales retreat, you know, per case in point. And where are we staying? Vacation rental. Um, yeah. ours, you know, but um, same thing. I, I, it baffles, but it doesn't. Yeah. No, it doesn't. I think, you know, again, if you look at what happened last year too, right? Like, you know, when executive teams needed to meet, when, you know, offices shut down, but people still needed to connect and, you know, the industry saw it. That's where the wound right. came from. You know, and it wasn't just executives, you know, huddling up to work together. It was families that were getting out of the city that, you know, had the kids and needed wanted more space and wanted to get out of their house and could work from home. And, you know, it's, you know, if you have a startup and the startup is your family, where do you think that money was going? Right. And so, right. And, 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 and so let's, and let's be clear, too, we're talking about startups right, that are typically smaller in size and scope. So they probably have more flexibility to be able to go versus, you know. What do, what do you Microsoft classify a startup then, you know, Taya? What do you classify? Like, are, is it like a, I know, I know there's, a, there's a, a ton of different ways to look at it. It's a state, I think, I mean, I don't know if there's an actual metric. We have to look that up. But I think it's a, it's a an, an earlier stage company, right, that doesn't, that, that isn't necessarily formally established within the market. So I, I have to look up you know, what the actual classification is for that. That's actually going to be, uh, I'd be actually interested. Now, from my understanding of it, it's just early stage company. Right. Um, that, you know, is still building out, um, you know, whatever it's doing, whether it's, you know, it's. But, but a company, but it's, for example, a company that's been around for 20 years, but is finally making waves. And now, now they're like, they're looked at as a, as an overnight success you know, and, you know, new startup, like you, you hear, you see this in the news, but the, shoot, they've been doing this for 20 years. And, you know, now they're finally at, <laughs> yeah, I know, but you know, the news and media will go ahead and grasp onto that. This startup, like this overnight success. Well, shoot, not really. Um, but yeah, I guess to each other. Well, I, no, I think it's, I, I think it's so like one of the things I have to learn when coming to this is what's the difference between a startup and an early stage company, right? Okay. Yeah. Because I think, you know, you can be stuck in a stage for a while, right? But if you're truly a startup, I think there's a point in where you, you become a functioning business to where you're not a startup, right? Payroll's in effect. You have a long runway. You're not worrying about, you know, am I going to be able to keep my tech team in, in you know, five weeks, right? right? If I don't get this next round of funding. Is there a differentiator, do you think, between uh, one that's in seed rounds and say one that's that's bootstrapped? Are there different actual like like clarifications and, you know, for, you know, quote unquote startups, depending on how they're financed? Does that have a... <sighs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm actually looking, trying to look up the definition right now because um, I don't know that it's a time. I, I, I think it is a time, you know, I think it's a time frame, but I think it's more of a positional definition, in terms right. of, if that makes sense, versus like what stage are you at? Right. You know I mean, because if you're, if you're, you know, going into your series B, are you, are you still considered a startup? Like, 
I don't know. I don't know. Well, this don't is, know. We're going to have to get a, we're going to have to get someone on to, to chat. This is going to be a great conversation. People that we could break on to have that yeah, conversation. Couple. So I think that'd be super interesting. But, hey, speaking. But yeah, of- no, I found that, I found that, that article interesting. I think that's, uh, you know, everyone's talking about well, what's business going to do? When's business travel coming back? I think it's going to be back, but I think it's going to be more in line with the short-term rental side of the business. I think, you know, whether it's part tells, you know, condo tells, you know, people are looking outside of, you know, traditional hotel stays, yeah. right? And and it brings up the point now, like, too, you saw what hotels are doing this week, right? You saw what hotels yeah. are doing now. Now they're Mike, charging for amenities. And Microsoft so like, is doubling down. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I saw that, too. They, they're investing in oil. So, it, I, I, we gotta have. A, I think we I think we have a corporate converse, a corporate conversation. We may do a corporate episode. We got some good people we could talk yeah. to. In space. I think I bring in because I think that you know again everyone's like, oh, what is the what is the business travel going to look like? And uh, the way this virus is going, I don't know what's going on in Fort Wayne, but in Georgia, it's not looking too hot. I think we got like twenty three thousand students under quarantine right now, going back to school. So if they're like, all right, they shut you know shut schools down again. That's going to have a reverberating effect backwards. Parents going to have to stay home, you know, so this work from home trend from what I think and what I see is going to continue for a while. Um, from those I know, they have super flexibility that work in corporate right now. They can go in two days, three days if they want, but they can work from home majority if they need to. Well, it's interesting so too. It's changing, man. And so the interesting thing is like, you know, all these companies like, hey, you know, by you know January 2022, you know, we're going to be, you know, back to work where it's going to be, you know, two thirds you have to be in, you know, we're not going to be full. And that was a couple months ago. Now we're starting to see the trend come back again. Like, you know, never mind this, this hybrid model or or your choice to work from home or not is, is going to, it's going to be here to stay. Um, at least for the unforeseeable future, because things are not. You know, whatever the, whatever the case and whatever your beliefs are, um, mm-hmm. you know, and again, we're not going to get into the politics and or the science of, right. of uh, COVID and the, um, and the Delta variant and all this different stuff. You know, whatever the case, mm-hmm. it has an effect on us. No, absolutely. It has an effect on the industry. It has an effect on um, our, our financial securities. It has effect on absolutely every aspect of our lives is, oh, yeah. you know, with, if you have children, you know, these schools, you know, <clears throat> I think right now here in Fort Wayne, um, your public schools are seeing a, uh, a, you know, they went back to school um, a week ago, we homeschool. Um, so we don't have to worry about that. Um, but they went back a week ago and they're seeing, you know, a 10% increase, um, you know, yeah. So, I mean, it is what it is. We'll, we'll see what happens um, and we'll see the reverb, the, the effects of this. It's the same here. And look, this is not like everything else. This is not an easy situation to handle, right? Like kids can't get vaccinated, you know, right now, whatever your belief is about that or not. But, you know, at the end of the day, I was listening to a story on NPR, like yesterday was telling the story of two parents, right? Like that, you know, one's against a mass mandate in the school. The other one is like, maybe has to move because the school they go to has no mass mandate and they got an immunally sick child. Like they can't get sick necessarily. So they can't go back to school. And it's like, just, what do you do? Who do you serve? Like, and it's, it's such a complex problem. And I, I think we throw so much pressure on people and leaders to have all the answers immediately. And, you know, I hope that we through all of this, regardless of our beliefs, step back and understand like, look, our generation's never had to deal with anything like this right now. We 
don't have all the answers every time. It, you know, we have to start treating each other with understanding and stop vilifying each other and understand that, look, you do have one thing in common, right? Especially when it comes to kids. You want the best for your kid. Nobody wants to send their kid to a dangerous place. Nobody wants their kid to get sick, you know, and all of the other noise around that comes from, you know, misinformation or the beliefs or whatever, political beliefs or whatever. But I think we just got to make sure that we focus on, you know, again, having some understanding, looking at and, and being understanding and not just shutting each other down, not just shutting down other viewpoints, you know, and, you know, at the end of the day too, understanding that there's misinformation out there on, on both sides of this. And a lot of what's being driven is emotional uh, in this and, and really just toning down the temperature, man, having a real conversation with your neighbor, understanding that, hey, I, I don't care if you don't like him or not. You know, I mean, if you like him or not, look, you know, understand that y'all do have a baseline. There is a baseline for us. And, and, and building off of that baseline, that's what's important, right? You know, approaching with the same spirit that you want to be understood giving that spirit, giving that spirit of understanding to your neighbor. I think if we were able to do that, man, we could really get through this and understand that, hey, there may not be a perfect solution in this, but look, the other side's not trying to kill your kid, just like you're not trying to kill their kid. And, yeah, and- it, I, I think another, I 100% agree with you. And the, the, the other aspect of it is like, I, you know, my wife and I might go ahead and look at a situation and go, like, why the hell wouldn't they just pull their kids out of school? you know, and, and homeschool them, you know, that's how we might look at it, but then, but then, and then we have to go ahead and and sit back and go, um, well, it's not that easy, you know? Yeah. I could, it's a hard decision to go ahead. If you're used to a two income household and that's how you set yourself up. Like it isn't something that just is like looking at today. It's like, how did you get to where you are today? And what do you have to do to maintain that? Because, you know, I'm in a lucky enough situation where Mm -hmm. my, my wife homeschools are for, for children. And I've been the sole income provider forever for 20 years. So, you know, and so how do you go ahead and, for, and so for some of these questions, you know, these situations that came up for us were not an easy decision, but we're like, oh, we can handle this. We can pivot this because we've been doing this already, but not every right. situation and not every family and right. not has that same flexibility. And, and to go, yes, it's as simple as, yeah, you can hundred percent change your whole life and pull your kids out of school and do this and do that. But the rippling mm-hmm. effects and then not negative. everybody can do that. John. Like, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm, that's that. what I'm yeah. saying. Like, it can't yeah. be done. It's, like, like for some people, that is absolutely not an option at right. all. Right. A hundred percent. And so, you know, that's, that's in, and that's why my point is like, look, you, you have to be understanding of, you know, right. this isn't just about your own personal situation. Like there's other people in this space that can't handle situations the same way that you can don't live the same way that you can don't right. have, you know, for better or for worse. Um, the same setup that you had and, and, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent, like stop thinking in these black and white ways and figure out like, well, how can we create scenarios that can serve everyone? And, you know, it's an incredibly challenging, you know, uh, it's, it's an incredibly challenging issue. You know, I I feel very, you know, thank thank God for our educators and, you know, those who are doing the best that they can, um, you know, under mandates and and other things, um, you know, whether they believe in them or not, whatever, you know, whatever they're doing in this case, it's an incredibly hard job. So shout out to all the teachers and administrators and people who are, you know, that are doing the best that they can. And, you know, and, and that, yeah, gonna, I mean, that, that's what this is mistakes. all about. There's no game plan for this. Right? No, and so, no. Yeah, and, and that's I mean, what this all, I mean, the important thing is yeah. we have to be sympathetic. 
We yeah, have to, sure. to put ourselves in the other people's shoes and we have to have empathy. If we can go ahead and do those things and understand, and, and, it, and this is, you know, with everything, this SASA talk, you know, this for you and me, this, this, this resonates. This is what this, this whole podcast is about. This is what, you know, this is, you know, the, this goes everywhere. Like we're, we are inclusive. We all are come from diverse backgrounds and yeah. however you look at that, uh, from, you know, you know where I'm going. It's, it's, yeah. we, we, we got this. Um, hey man, great episode. We kind yeah. of shot from the hip. Yeah. Uh, we, right. you know, Amy, we're getting you on soon. I know you're enjoying your day today. Um, yeah. Again, huge well shout deserved. out to Amy yeah. High Amy Highnote on mm-hmm. in the Darm Conference. Uh, shout out to everyone else that we went ahead and listed on earlier. Uh, we love what yeah. you're doing, Amy. Uh, glad to be uh, uh, proud supporters of uh, the VRM Intel, uh, mm-hmm. proud supporters of VR, VRMA, um, and and we're just uh, incredibly honored to be in this space and and keep putting you know and have the privilege to put this content out. So speaking of conferences, um, you and I are doing something at a conference coming up. Soon. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, it's uh, October. VRM, uh, VRMA International. Yep. John and I are redoing the panel we did last year on, uh, on DEI in the industry. Um, it's a follow-up conversation uh, to the panel we, we put out last year. So I uh, want everyone uh, to, to definitely tune into that. We'll be giving you more details. Um, also excited to announce um, we're doing a DEI workshop at VRMA. So I'm, I'm excited we're, about we're that movement, man. Like I love the verbs, right? So we're moving. So we are doing a DEI workshop. Um, check out uh, VRMA. will be doing a blast pretty shortly. Um, it's going to be um, the third, the Saturday, the Sunday before uh, Monday, the conference actually starts. So to all of our, our listeners and watchers out there who are interested in attending, um, you will be able to get the information during the VRMA uh, the, on the VRMA website, uh, VRMA.org. Uh, and we uh, we will definitely be pumping it on the show as well. Um, and so if anyone who's interested in either attending the workshop or learning more about our panel, you can reach out to us um, either through the website, uh, LinkedIn. However, uh, if you have any questions, you can get a hold of John and I. We're pretty accessible. So, uh, But no, definitely want to get uh, everyone who's interested in that uh, out there. So we're looking forward to that. Big news for us. Um, we get to do some more live events. Yeah, I mean, I'm so excited, man. It's going to be so much fun. Uh, great people, great content. Um, we're we're going to definitely, we'll probably record uh, at least two. Or we'll try to record a couple while we're there. Um, we'll go ahead and we'll we'll get um, the the panel and for sure on the website, we'll get that recorded um, as a, like an extra bonus, bonus content. Um, we'll get that on there as well. Um, and obviously through, through VRMA, you can go ahead and watch it. So again, uh, great episode. As always, Mateo. Uh, Man, this is fun. I my brother it. from I another mother. Sometime. I know. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, happy week, man. Have hey. a great week. I'm back back at you. Um, looking forward to next week, and uh, we'll uh, keep keep on keeping on. Yeah.